Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. The most shocking thing about the documentary to learn that the Baywatch slow-mo run was not done in post-production. They were doing slow motion running. No, Sarah, that's not, that's not what they meant. <laughs> wait, that's wait. not what they meant. She said it was an art of, she said she had to perfect the art of slow running. Yeah, but you, no, she was, they were using, <laughs> they were doing it in pose. They were doing it in post. They just, probably the first few times they did it, they looked like idiots. And then they were like, okay, wait, I actually have to like tighten my leg more or oh. do this a little bit. Like they weren't actually like I on was the beach, like, like do, 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 do. <laughs> Well, you know, that's up for interpretation. We don't know. We don't know exactly. It wasn't good. It's not good. Space trash. Trash in space. Space trash. Lifestyles. The rich and Uranus. Space trash. Celebrities, they're trash. But the astrology can help us understand. Transmission incoming. (laughs) (laughs) Greetings, trashlings, and welcome back to... Our first in a month, I think, non-royal related episode of Space Trash. Lifestyles of the rich and Uranus and famous people other than the royals. I'm Sarah Armour. And I'm Molly Walshine. And I'm so happy that we're not talking about those people anymore. So, but what we are talking about is Pamela Anderson's new documentary on Netflix, Pamela, A Love Story. And... I think we got to read the book now too, right? I feel like the whole thing was basically just a commercial for the book. Like, yeah. l- like low-key, it turns out that the Space Trash podcast is actually a celebrity book club. Who knew? And when you listen to interviews about the book, it actually seems so much more revealing. Whereas I felt like the documentary was sort of one note. Yeah, I agree. It seemed like the documentary... However, they decided to do this. Someone, I think smartly said, look, this is the medium of television. We need to use this as our clapback to the Pam and Tommy Hulu TV show. Yes, like that was like the point of this. And I didn't watch the Pam and Tommy TV show specifically because I love Pam. And she made a statement that was like, I have nothing to do with this. I did not approve this. And as a result, I was like, I'm not fucking supporting it. I'm not watching it. I don't care. See, I didn't watch it just because I never got to it. But I actually am a firm believer that we do need to have non-consensual documentaries and TV really sir we talk shit about people all day every day on this podcast yeah that's we, true <laughs> it's human nature we talk shit and like we want to know things we want to interpret like the thing is once you do become famous in a way your public persona becomes public property and you're it's a trade-off you're deciding to do that so that you can make money and get more opportunities and then you kind of have to allow the public to do to an extent, whatever they want with it until it gets to the point of like being outwardly mean and obviously stealing someone's sex tape is a complete violation of that sort of social contract. Because usually, you know, I'm, I am I was about to do Petita's astrology like, and nothing is sacred to me, but like, I just felt like because she's alive and because the nature of the story in and of itself was so non-consensual on her end that then making a show about this thing while she was alive that was also not involving her, I just felt like kind of sad for her. Yeah, I totally understand why she didn't like it. I, I totally get it. I mean, 
mean, she's entitled to not like it. And I also think, well, I do wonder how they got the life rights to do that. I guess it's because they based it on a certain magazine article. So that's kind right. of a good workaround for if there was no more magazine article for them to say they had based it on, then they would have needed Pam and Tommy's life rights, which Pam and Tommy never would have given them. So that's kind of like the magazine articles, a little bit of a fig leaf for uh, the the copyright infringement of it all. You know what I mean? So yeah, I think this documentary, while I enjoyed it, like all things Netflix, it was a little bit bloated. It was a little one note, like you said, like it was the same topic for two hours. Like I, it, I, I could see it being two hours if they delved deeper into a lot of topics, but I think it's right. all- yeah, it's all kind of summed up within the first five minutes. She talks yeah. all about Tommy Lee over and over and over again. It's about him. And they also show a montage of her talking to, and by the way, everyone just, you know, we're going to do a quick recap of the documentary and then we're going to do the astrology just so people know. Um, but so in the beginning, there's this montage of her talking to all the uh, male talk show hosts and one of the first things is John Stewart says to her, do you ever worry about the exploitation angle? And she goes, no. And he goes, okay, uh, Moving let's on. move on. <laughs> so it's just like, okay, so I guess that's about how deep we're going. You know what I mean? 1000%. And like, I mean, I guess like, I actually think it shows the power of journaling. I think part of why this all isn't more like salacious and there's more for her to like weep about on camera is because like, she actually has been doing her work and like, she's been processing a lot of what she's been feeling since she was a child. Like she's been being with the the trauma that she experienced I loved how much in the in the documentary in the journals that they were reading back it was like I'm writing my future into existence like it was like oh this is like literally the work I do it's like yeah right like she literally manifested manifested her career and her her you know just I think her her more joyful demeanor and I didn't get the sense that she changed that much from child to adult I didn't think there was much of an arc in the film I didn't think that anything I mean in a way the like just the comment from Jon Stewart like are you ever worried about the exploitation angle and she says no is maybe just like a little bit of a of a womp womp foreshadow where it's like oh but you're about to be super exploited but it's like even that I mean obviously it's so fucked up how it happened But like, yeah, there's not even any drama there because they're like, did you ever find out who stole the tape? And she's like, I don't care. Why would I focus on that? It's like, what? The thing that I thought about a lot when I was watching this is the movie Blonde that we talked about on this very podcast uh, with Ana de Armas playing uh, Marilyn Monroe. I was going to say American Monroe. Wow. What a Freudian slip. Um, So accurate. But I just, I actually don't think Pamela manifested her career. I think she manifested everything else, her love affairs, her marriages, uh, her sons who are, who seem to be really incredible people. Oh my Um, God, her sons. This whole thing was like, like a Tinder ad for her two sons. I feel like this is all about like, look at these like lovely men who love their mother. (laughs) Like Right. And like, and she's such a good boy mom because at no point did she seem controlling or obsessive, you know, like she just seems like, oh my God, somehow, even though they had a dickhead dad and what sounds like a bit of a dickhead grandfather on Pam's side. Like, oh my God, yeah. And then uh, who were the other male presence in their life? Kid Rock? Like, oh my God. Bob. It's like for a while they're talking about Bob and then they're like, yeah, we moved to Detroit with Bob. And I'm like, who the fuck is Bob? And they're like, Kid Rock. And I'm like, oh my God. Then they show the wedding vows and she's like, Kid Rock, I do take you. It's like, just say Bob there. That's where you say Bob. Otherwise to us, say Kid Rock. And it was funny. The son said it in such a resigned way. He was like, it was Kid Rock. Like, even he is like, I can't believe I have to call a grown man 
Kid Rock. And I'm just like, damn, what a testament to this woman that her two sons seemingly turned out so normal after being surrounded by these crazy men their entire lives. But the reason why I was thinking about Blonde and Ana de Armas's depiction of Marilyn Monroe and that film's depiction of her more so is... Because I actually feel like Pamela didn't have much agency in her career and she didn't mind. And I think we'll get into this with more with the astrology because she is a water yeah. sign. She truly went with the flow. Like what, what I wish this went into, and I'm not going to condemn the documentary for this reason, because I'm hoping it's in the book. I'm not going to make a final judgment until it's in the book. But what I wish she went into is what did she want to be when she grew up? What were her plans when she moved to the mainland? What was she going to do if she hadn't been spotted on a jumbotron and been in a beer ad you know and then like even when she starts posing for playboy she's like oh i i was so shy and nervous because of all the trauma in my life and i'm like yeah that's totally valid but also like maybe you were shy and nervous because you're posing naked in front of all these people and you're like what was she probably like 20 19 she just got like slingshotted into this extremely highly sexual situation and career and she just went with it and it just seems like she didn't even think twice about not that she should have been like "Ooh, this is wrong but it, it was just so interesting that she didn't seem to have hang-ups well, about the moment, it the moment where like they have her asking her mother and her mother's like if they asked me to be in playboy i would do it go do it it's like whoa all right. yeah i just i don't know i just wish that she was a little more inquisitive with herself about that because i would find it really interesting to hear like what it was like for her to just suddenly becoming a sex symbol and like she she seems never to have thought twice about the implications of that or whether it was exploitative or anything until it was like her sex tape being stolen from her which obviously right, right. is extremely exploitative and I, so I don't know I just I was like I really want to go deeper on this <laughs> like I wish they would ask her some deeper questions I guess when I say like she manifested her career, like I don't get the sense as a girl, she was like, I'll be this someday. Like what we know is like she loved being by the beach and she loved animals. And so it's not manifest her career as much as like manifest her happiness. Like she did want, she was boy crazy. She wanted husband. She wanted animals. She wanted ocean. Like, those are kind of the things that I, like, knew about her or that we knew about her from the beginning. And that she had been, you know, assaulted multiple times and uh, raped as a kid. Yeah. Why does it always start with a massage with these creepy men? Like, she, when she explains, so she was molested by a female babysitter, which is horrific. I mean, every parent's worst nightmare. You just would never, ever expect that to happen. And how do you even prevent that from happening? It's fucking terrifying. And then she, when she's 12, she goes over to her friend's house and the friend goes upstairs with this guy and she's downstairs playing a board game with his friend. With a 25-year-old. She's 12. She's 25 and she's 12. And he says to her, you look like you could use a massage. What? Like these these sexual predator men are just hell-bent on ruining massages forever. Every Harvey Weinstein. <laughs> story starts with a massage yeah. what is this move it's it's the male predator equivalent to i've never heard of the prince i mean it, i think it's just like the, <laughs> do you know what i mean it's like well this seems to work like yeah I guess you know if it just, ain't broke yeah it's a way of wearing down your bar your your boundaries right yeah it's a way to get into someone's personal space without saying i'm about to rape you yeah oh so gross so disgusting and terrible how people will just consciously come up with these ways to just like ooze their way into completely or no not come up with just copy paste yeah yeah it's massage 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 but like how did it's not like there was a guidebook like 
like, how do they all know that that's the way to do it? It's so crazy and disgusting. Yeah, you know, true that. Like, yeah. How are, how are they all like, oh, this is a, like, why not play patty cake first or something? Or like, oh, let's, you know <laughs> what I mean? Like, they're like, massage. This is the perfect level of like intrusive and somewhat sexual. It's so creepy. And she also goes into how her parents would kind of basically fight as foreplay in front of the kids. And you're just like, Jesus Christ. Like they would just be fighting and fighting and fighting his, her dad would be pushing her mom around. And then all of a sudden they would just start like making out and pull each other into a room. It was just like, right. My God. Like her mother and father were like Pam and Tommy 1.0. To me, that's why she thought that the, that the love affair with him was like so grand. That's what she was imprinted that, and her parents were still together. So she's like, oh, this is what it is. This is normal. Yeah. When, when she starts dating Tommy, first of all, my first thought was, oh my God, I just wish that you went and met Kelly Slater's parents. Imagine what the world would be like if she had just met Kelly Slater's parents and got married to Kelly Slater. I mean, but you know what she said? And I looked at his chart. Like, I think she says this, like she never wanted to be someone's like number one girl. Like she never wanted to be one of many. She never wanted to be cheated on and she never wanted to change anybody. So like, it sounds like she and Kelly Slater were kind of like, whenever either of them would go through a breakup, they would come back together. But like that she never tried to make it more serious because he just always was going to be fucking around with other women, which he's an Aquarius son. I mean, I looked at his chart. I, I, I get it. I mean, I mean, to be a surfer is like, the coolest thing in the world like a pro surfer is like oh he's so hot he's so hot i mean so hot her list of guys is pretty hot like it's funny that bob's who she married because it's also like even the guy that she that was hooking up with was from baywatch i was in love with him when i was a kid david chokachi goofiest last name chokachi or like chuchacho or something yeah Yeah. definitely it was chochacho (laughs) yeah eastern european or something but yeah I when they when she starts dating Tommy Lee, um, but it's like let's be clear, time out. She never started dating Tommy Lee. She married Tommy Lee, and right. then they started dating. Right, right, right. So when he enters the chat in the documentary, and all of a sudden we're just watching footage of the two, I was like, oh my god, I cannot. This is the most brain dead shit I've ever seen. I mean, you're talking <laughs> about about. I'm sorry, two. I mean, they're, they're not going to be entering Mensa anytime soon. You know what I mean? Like, and they're like 20 and 25 or something. I don't know how old they were. And they're just flirting together on camera. I'm like this, all of this footage they were right to put it in a safe because it actually is painful to watch. (laughs) Embarrassing. Yeah. I, I just, I w I was not trying to watch footage of Tommy Lee trying to be a cool, tough guy. He's dating this playboy babe. I, Oh my God. I was like, I can't. You know what it reminded me of? I feel like it was like um, Brittany and Kevin's chaotic, like the original version. Like it was literally what they they must have been like, we'll just be the new Toppy Lee and Bell. Because they also got married really fast. And they also had like, I feel like they were definitely taking a page from Tommy and Pam. And all the footage of them licking each other's faces in public. That is. What is with the licking face? Right. MGK and Megan Fox, like they stole that from them. I didn't even realize they were stealing it from that. And it's so lame because Machine Gun Kelly played Tommy Lee in that movie, which also Uh, completely plays down his 
domestic violence. He has a past of hitting multiple women. And like in that movie, he like sort of shoves a woman, like his fiance or something, because she says something mean about the band. And like the way it's written and the way they play it off in the movie is kind of like, oh, she deserved it because she's a bitch. And then when you like look it up, you're like, oh no, he actually punched her in the face. Wait, what movie? This is not the Hulu show. No, it's called The Dirt. It was on uh, Netflix. Yeah, I I also think... um... We also saw the beginnings of what became the disgusting Kravis PDA. Like, they're not even Frenching. They're just, like, touching tongues. There was so much tongue touching. Like, not only, like, like tongue to cheek, which I find completely deplorable, but then, like, they were the beginning of the, like, eh, on the red carpet. Like, ew. It's so gross. I mean, that, like, I mean, okay, we all act a fool when we're young and in love. But, like, that to me... The PDA thing, the famous couples just Frenching on the red carpet, and it, it's just complete egotistical narcissism to me. It's just, what are you doing? What are you doing it's here? It's like not even hot. Like, I don't mind a little yeah. PDA, but like, even in my private life, I'm not like, let's test tongues. When you're getting mm-hmm. tongues involved is what I'm talking about. Yeah. It's just yeah, like, yeah, yeah. why are you doing this? Like, ew, why are you including us in your kink? I hate that. But like, for example, like, I don't think that when, when the waitress came back to the table at Soho House on their second date and Megan Harry collar pulled in making out, I don't think they were like, uh, I think they might have been Frenching, but it was, but it was like with it, it was like actually just like kissing. Like there's difference between like kissing and like. Uh. Yeah. And they were like embarrassed when she came over. They actually had right. like some decorum, you know what I mean? But like totally. to just be on the red carpet Frenching. And then I don't know, Pam is like, oh, I want to be a serious actress. And it's like, well, but you're a bad actress is the thing. I mean, I will say when they were showing all those old Baywatch clips, I and I used to love Baywatch. Baywatch was like one of my faves. I it like reminding myself like, oh yeah, this was bad. Like oh, she's yeah. bad. She's a bad actor. Well, you know, I guess she was sort of like playing herself, but it's like, oh, I don't know, CJ. I just want to be in love. I mean, it's I guess it sort yeah. of all works together in a way that was like it was like the most watched show on television of all time. And I loved it. I loved Baywatch. Sometimes even now when I just hear the like theme song, like if the theme song comes up or I remember it, like I'm just like a little tiny bit little kid turned on again. You know, I'm like, oh, Baywatch. But um, yeah, I don't, I don't think she it's like funny because she's like, I'll be a serious actress now. It's like, I don't think she ever wanted to be. Yeah. Uh, yeah. She didn't want to be. She That's the thing. Like and she was charismatic and magnetic. You couldn't keep her your eyes off her. It didn't matter. She like she could read every single line as if she's at the table read and it's the first time she's ever seen words in her life, which is what she, that, like is her acting style. But like mm-hmm. it doesn't matter because you're just like, oh, my God, she's stunning. I love to watch her. So but it, I mean, she is so beautiful. I will say that even even in the interviews where she's like, like, it's like, she's like acting kind of humble. It's like, I don't even, I'm not even going to wear makeup. I'm not even going to, it's like, you don't need to, like, she's just, she's so beautiful. Yeah. She, yeah. Like, I, I don't know. I think I just wish I could have, I wish we would have seen a little bit more self-awareness and self insight about what her actual goals were and what she made of her new place in society when she became this world famous sex symbol like they touched on that I feel like she was like no like what I actually care about is like animals like she was such an early PETA activist she was like totally I I feel like she took her fame realized she had been embarrassed and that she actually barbed wire failed I think it was like her one big movie and then she was like well but I am famous and people love looking at me and so she just turned it into like you know activism 
Yeah, she kind of was talking about though how she was a punchline at that point. Like she was like, "Oh, if if people are going to make fun of me, then I might as well turn the mic, mic or turn the spotlight onto something else." Which I thought was really amazing. Like the fact that she could take a joke and that she could do the Comedy Central roast. Oh my god, I give her such props for that. But like, but what I I mean, except except I will say, why was her hair so bad for the roast? Oh yeah, I think that was just style. But what I mean by the like not not thinking about her career as much is like yeah she did barbed wire and then that was that was it like you can't tell me she never had another offer for a movie you know like I don't really understand what how and then she's like oh the sex tape kind of destroyed my career I never got any more opportunities I don't know if it was I I don't I don't know because like she was still doing some stuff a lot of the time well and don't forget that like Marilyn Monroe and Madonna both had topless photo scandals very early in their careers. And they yeah, wrote that Marilyn, wave. They wanted to be actresses. I know. That's what I'm saying is that I don't think Pamela she actually didn't. wanted to do anything. I think she just found herself famous and yeah. then kind of became addicted. Like she didn't really yeah. like have any, she can't really articulate why she's still doing this. She's just kind of like, like, oh, like I can Harry. Tell you, in, she's like Prince in Harry. In her chart. In her chart, I will explain all why she's because, like, to me, when I look at her chart, I'm like, oh, this is literally just she's just born to be like just like a, a famous person. So, if anybody didn't watch, basically, the story is she was just like at a baseball game or a football game yeah. one day, and she was wearing like a a beer company's shirt, and she got spotted on the jumbotron, and that was it. She was discovered, and they brought her down to the field, and she like, you know, was a part of the halftime show, and then she became the spokesperson for this beer, and then. Hugh Hefner called and like so everything in her career that happened was literally like effortless like yeah okay this is the next opportunity as a kid I also had no idea she had a sex tape until really yeah like I always knew who she was and then when I was in maybe like sixth or seventh grade like I was at this girl's house who her neighbor was also there and both the girl and the neighbor they both had a lot of older siblings so they were always introducing me to like fucked up shit oh and one of them was like my sister has pam and tommy's sex tape and i was just like huh and like am i supposed to know what that is (laughs) what and that was like the first time i ever heard of it and then i never heard of it again for like 10 years so i do think she I don't know if this is fair to say, but I do think she's slightly overestimating the effect that the sex tape had on the career. Like I had no idea about it. And I am so plugged into the culture. Like I think at the time, I'm sure it was completely overwhelming for the two of them going through it and traumatic and everything. But like, I feel like the world at large, unless you were really into like adult entertainment and like Howard Stern and Playboy, most people were probably just like, huh, what's that? And then ignoring it. The way she was talking about those days working on Baywatch and Barwire, she's like, I was working all the time, all the time. She had a miscarriage because of how much she was overworking. Like, I sort of think that well, she, maybe. it was also- I mean, you never know. Maybe, I mean, maybe it was at the same time. It was around the same yeah. time. Because they were saying like, you still need to do all these like stunts for yourself, even though you're pregnant. It's like, well, it's not a good idea. But yeah, like, yeah. I think that she was sort of not, not happy, but I think it, was an easy way to say like, oh, well, this is why I like didn't do like another big movie because I don't think she wanted to anyway. Yeah. And I also think that Tommy wasn't letting her. I think he was really controlling and toxic. And I think he's the reason why she had like, not to say that this would have made it all go away, but maybe if she was working, it would have been a nice distraction. And I think he's the reason why that wasn't happening for her because not only- Sex tape or not, like with or without the sex tape. Right. Like I, I think not only was he- like trying to get her not to work but I think he was 
got getting her a reputation for being impossible on set because of him because of how he was impossible on set and wouldn't and yeah. was just trailing her yeah 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 i think what she really wanted was to just like be a wife and have kids and be and be a mom and i think the minute that her sons were born she could say like my career was washed up like i had no opportunities but the other piece of it is that before they were born all she was talking about was like all i did was like because baywatch was was a rigorous schedule and then the one movie she did was shot at the same time as Baywatch so I could see her being like work this sucks like now that I have kids I I just like this is what I'll do yeah I just think it's funny that I don't know I guess she just doesn't seem to feel any pressure to have a body of work like she's happy to just be famous for being famous which Mm -hmm. like she didn't really articulate at all and it's you I I, and I guess that's kind of what's most lovable about her is like she's not ashamed of that and she's not ashamed of anything really she's just kind of like this is me and she talks about that earlier she's like um she she's like I was honest when people asked me about my breast implants I mean what I think is kind of fascinating and why people kept asking her about her breast implants is that like holy shit her boobs in the beginning before she had implants huge uh, why did she touch them yeah well again i could i could the astrology could give us some clues but i think it's just because i think it was because like the first i think the playboy mansion and her experience of it was just really charmed like i think she just loved it and i think she was just like oh everyone has really big boobs like i'll have really big boobs like she just yeah she doesn't seem that like but she already had really big boobs it's crazy I know, that but her she, boobs but she were wanted, perfect money cannot but now, buy then those. she had really big really really big boobs but before <laughs> she had and then almost like comically big like i actually thought it looked better before she had the implants but oh for sure well she had like a first set of implants that was smaller and then you could tell she went back in you know like you could tell that there was like a few different things going on, but just, I don't know. I, it, her real boobs took my breath away. I was like, I did not know that people had boobs like that. No. That's absurd. They, it, it's Incredible absurd. Body. Her body and her face. Oh my God. She was just stunning. But like, she also had, there was a really weird moment in the beginning where she's talking about becoming a playboy model. And she says, this is something I can do. Like, finally, I found something I can do not being good looking, but being good at it. And I just love that every model thinks they actually, uh, it's not about their looks. It's about this, just right. some technique that they've discovered that no one else. It's like, girl, yes, you're good at it. You're magnetic. You're charismatic, but you're also ridiculously good looking. Like that is. Well, but I also think is. there's like, a, I think a lot of models aren't actually, but I think the ones that are, are, it's like, it's like if she was, if she was more of like a blank slate, she would be a runway model. But I think yeah. when we're talking about playboy, it's like, no, that's about your looks. I guess what she was, I think what she was the whole beginning in the playboy thing was like sort of alluding to like, not only was it something like, like when, cause I got what she was saying. Like it did feel like an acting job to her because she actually wasn't that connected to her sexuality before the camera came on, which I thought was sort of an interesting thing. And so when she's saying like, I'm good at it, it was like, oh, calling this work and like knowing how to put on the, you know, put put it on for the camera, like is is the work. And then, yeah, the, yeah, it was funny. Like, it's not because of how pretty I am. And it's like, yeah, you just want to stop her and be like, no, it is. Yeah. It, it specifically is. And I think that you know that it's why otherwise <laughs> your only goal is to date men. So yeah. like <laughs> your looks are, but I guess what she was more saying was that like after you know, kind of losing that, you know, bodily autonomy, like, you know, being molested and then raped. She, I think it was a very, I think it was empowering for her to be like, yeah, "Yeah, you know what, like, this is my sexuality. And so 
if anything, that was like the piece that needed healing. And then she, you know, this just like happened for her. <laughs> I mean, but it really was like so random. And I also think part of like the, like what you're talking about, like the charm of somebody who's just like, yeah, I don't know why I'm still doing this. And I don't know why I'm here. It's like, she, yeah, she doesn't care about building a body of work. She never did. She cared about building her body, but that was it. And I also think last thing is like the early nineties. I feel like huge tits were like the thing. I just think like it was like yeah. trendy. Yeah. It was the BBL of the nineties. Yeah. Right. But, but that's right. the thing. She already had huge tits. It's that fake tits were the thing. It's not about huge. Cause Kim right, already it was had- fake. Yeah, right. like Kim already had a decent enough butt. Like it's about the fake look. Like it, it's the yep. novelty of the fakeness. And I guess she was comparing herself to all the Playboy girls. That's what she said um, when she was talking about it in some interview. She's like, yeah, I saw all these Playboy girls around and like their bodies were so incredible. So I just thought, let me do it. And you just wish. Well, no, Kimberly it. Hefner, Hugh's, Hugh's wife was like, oh, everyone gets their breasts done. And she's like, sign me up. <laughs> yeah, it's so funny. Uh, okay. She just like doesn't think about anything. She's truly floats along she's just floating mm-hmm. and i just love it um and also she is funny she roasts all the guys that Very make fun funny. of her when matt, matt lauer brings up her boobs which was so gross he was like you know i've never asked someone this before but let's talk yeah, about right and it's like now we know he was a complete predator when he was at yeah, that matt, job. you've asked every single one of your interns and assistants this yeah. before actually and then he makes that honky motion like this and she calls him out and for she it. calls him so it. amazing yeah. So amazing. Um, yeah. What about her? I'm just like, they, they randomly drop in in act one that she has a new husband and by act three, they randomly show the same one, one photo of him that they have and announced that they've divorced. She said, he's a yeah. good ca- Canadian guy. Normal. I thought maybe I need to try that. I don't know. I don't know if I'm alive or dead. That's what she says about her husband. It's like, Whoa, what a ringing endorsement of this guy. The your relationship with your sexuality has clearly changed. <laughs> yeah. And like it's very Elizabeth Taylor, you know? Like it's easier to make the Marilyn comparison with her, but like the gazillion husbands and then just and the final one being uh, just this blue collar Canadian is just wow. You really well, wa- hold, watch your tongue. It is not the final one. They have already divorced and she is back on the market and we know that this bitch loves to get married. Like that's yeah. what, that's her career. She's a career person who gets married yeah she just continues to marry like shitty i mean we'll Anyone. get into her laundry list of guys <laughs> of guys yeah. that she married um so okay they're in cancun they got married a woman they met in the club is the maid of honor they've known each other for two days there's even footage footage of her feet i was like come on who decided to put this in didn't her son produce this what are we doing it must be weird to be the sons of like I mean, there's no footage of her that exists that's not erotic. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's At true. So they, like, also, they must just have to numb themselves to it. Yeah. There's also so many, um, there are so many parallels with the Harry book because like they mentioned, you know, like in the sex tape of Tommy, he was honking a horn with his penis. And I was like, I didn't know that. You didn't need to say that part. Right. <laughs> you right. didn't need to bring that up. It's so like, funny. If, if, if we haven't seen it, we haven't seen it. Let it rest. But like, no, yeah. no, I'll tell you, I'll tell you what I want to tell you, which is that he honked his horn with his big hard dick. And it's like, that is okay. All right. Yeah. Cool. Um, but it's also like, Tommy is so annoying. Like, I just felt like, like, oh, wow, he sucks. He's like, obnoxious. 
obnoxious. Like, I totally got where she got what she needed from him because all she wanted was exactly what he offered her, which is like, you're it. I love you. Let's have a love story. Let's call each other babe. Let's film everything. Let's be like just all about each other. And it does seem like for a while, like before the children were born, it it does seem like they had some genuinely romantic years for them. Like, like, and and she is silly. Like she is, she does not take herself seriously at all. So she, she, she does think a dick honk, a dink, a dink, a dick honk on the boat is funny. You know, like she likes that. She goes with it, you know? Also, I found it weird too that like in those early tapes, uh, the, the early footage, he was like always drinking, which is fine. But it was like weird to me that she just had no, she's like, it's noon. Um, Tommy's got a beer. He's like, I always have a beer. And it's like, ew. <laughs> I know it's like, very it's sleazy. Like, That's the other sleazy. thing is like, even without the sex tape leak, they were making sleaze their brand. They were going out mm-hmm. of their way. And like, that was not her brand before. She was really like goody two shoes girl next door who just happens to have like quadruple F boobs, you know? And then. Right. Like, that's like, why I think that was her appeal with Playboy in the first place. That's why they like had to have her. And it's why they had to have her on Baywatch too, because she did like she was able to contain these two polarities of like sex, like oozing sex, vixen, hot, gorgeous, can't take your eyes off her. And like, sweetie, like girl next door, like innocent, kind of naive, like, oh my God. And like Tommy with all his like stupid faux bravado and trying to be a tough guy and shit. Like it just, like, I don't think it brought, I mean, I'm, like you said, they had a, they loved each other so much and they seemed to be having a great time together. But like, I didn't like watching the footage of them together because it did seem a little bit like she was sort of morphing into this person that he wanted a little bit. I don't know. And like, maybe he was doing the same too. I don't know enough about him and his persona to say whether that's true or not, but like it did like her persona took a turn for the, for the sleazy when she, when she got with him, you know, and like on, on purpose. And I think that might've had a little bit more to do with the dwindling movie roles. Like it, it's like that, ha- that started to happen. And then the sex tape really made the car go off the cliff. But also I think, like you said, she didn't even want the roles. Like, I think she was kind of like going into this acting career just because she was like, well, it, it pays a lot of money and like people are offering me jobs, but like, she clearly wasn't that super invested in it or else she would have made it happen. Well, no, it seems like actually, like, even like when she was like writing letters to her mama, all she really cared about was like keeping the career going. Like, she's like, I'm just going to buy you guys a house. Like, I'm going to take care. She really just wanted yeah. to be a mother. The whole, all she cared about really was being a mother and taking care of people. And Very I also think, I'm telling you, this is chaotic 1.0. Mm-hmm. But like, I also think that when we're talking about the downfall of her career, the other piece of it is in in the later years of Baywatch, Tommy was a fucking psychopath and like Mm. he turned like kissing scenes like one time like so apparently after this he then was on set every single day but like one day he just like dropped by the set because like he always did he was jealous and obsessed with her which like she's I guess she likes but he was obsessed with her and jealous and he came and he happened to come while during watching the filming of a scene where she had to like and it wasn't even tongues inside it was like a mwah it was like a little kiss with one of the co- workers co-workers on the set of a tv show that is about you know people in bathing suits 
flirting. Like for him to be shocked that there was like a kissing scene written in and like live it. And he went and trashed her trailer yeah. as if she was like cheating on him. And it's like, so I think that he led to the downfall, it, less the sex tape, more the fact that now if you hired Pamela, it meant that you were going to have a Tommy Lee. They were saying that Tommy Lee was so um, overpowering protective. and protective on set. If they saw that he was or heard that he was coming to set, that they, they would literally be rewriting this, the plot of the show and rewriting her lines because they didn't want to have to deal with an angry Tommy. It's like, what the fuck? It's so bad. He's terrible. He, he is sucks. terrible. That was what also when I first started watching it, I was like, oh, my God, is this going to be like a love letter to Tommy Lee? Because I will. It sort of is. It sort of is, but then, I mean, yeah, that is all terrible. I will say that, like, I think if I was cast in something and I was supposed to kiss someone, I would have to have a serious conversation with Nick where I, like, broke the news to him, you know? But, like, sure, but, like, but like, it wouldn't be, like, you're cheating on me. It would be, like, okay, I'm, I'm like, uncomfortable with this, but, like, I understand that I married an actress and this is yeah. part of your job. And so, like, I'm going to, I'm going to know that I'm not competing with that other actor that you kiss on camera also yeah, i just was thought a it was playboy model like it wasn't like people were it's like it's like you weren't upset that people are looking at her nude body and jerking off to it but you were upset that she had to share a peck with a co-worker for the sake of the plot line like it's just like what the well, your battles man she never modeled again after they got together oh, i mean this is what these guys love to do they like to get a woman who's known for this and then and then be like, well, you're not fucking doing that anymore and put her in a cage. You know, it's terrible. It's terrible. But I did think it was, I did think it was really funny how she was like, I wasn't going to tell Tommy, but then he found out and now he says I'm lying. And it's like, okay, that is kind of lying. But like, well, it is kind of lying. And it's also like, his reaction also, like, was not okay. It. Yeah. Right. Like and I get why she wouldn't want to tell him, but it's also like how it's, it's a TV show. Like, yeah. You, you, not telling him only gets you. That's like, that's like Will being like, Harry, don't tell him that I push you onto the ground and cut your back. It's like, okay, but when he walks out of the shower, she's going to see. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Tommy's terrible. The only, I mean, he's, he's violent over and over and over again. He's a habitually violent person. The only time, oh my God, when he like yeeted that paparazzo into the bushes, did you see that part when they were getting, I did like, okay. So having said that, um, they, they were kind of, amping up the sleaze they were making a conscious decision to have this sort of sleazy personal brand and I think that really backfired for them because I think that it's why people felt entitled to watch the sex tape and I think that it's why and it's not fair at all like yes you actually are allowed to pose for playboy and make out on the red carpet and not have people steal your sex tape like it's it's there's no one direct line to the other but I think it really backfired because then when they were leaving the Viper room and someone's the, the paparazzi are yelling at them, like you're drug fiends. Where's your kid? Like, Oh my God. All, all while they're dealing with this thing leaking and, and being sold everywhere. It's that was terrible. Like when he picked up that guy and threw him into the bush, I was like, okay, it's not okay. But also it was kind of hot. It was, yeah. I, I I found it attractive is the thing. And then he was like in the car, like looking all like upset, like, Oh, like I did that. But like, I can't happen. Like, I don't know. I, I don't, I, I didn't but I don't, also while he was in the car doing that Pam is in the back seat like on her own so it's like okay if you're know, really right, so upset right. like get what I mean Harry would never Harry would have been draped over Megan like a blanket if if they had left somewhere and been assaulted by the paparazzi like that you know what I mean so a that thousand was, percent. I'm just like you're a cad Tommy Lee you are a cad 
but sorry, keep cat. saying what you were going to say. Just a shitty guy. An un- not a gentleman, uncouth. What is, does cat stand for something? No, it's just a really old word. It's like a, you Oh my cat. God, I'm going to use it. You called. Yeah. You called. You called, cat. Mom, ma'am. Um, <laughs> I felt like, also it was like sort of like early days paparazzi. So you like, it's like these days, no actress like where are your kids pam she's like with my mother it's like don't answer like why i know she was like really like like i'm trying to like answer the questions it's right, like, like this isn't just fucking with you like this isn't, de- this isn't the debate team like don't do right. it and, and we know that you're like you know that your kids are at home safe with your mother like like you don't have to prove to anybody they're just trying to get a, a, a shot of you facing them like don't like don't play in but uh, the other thing too is like the whole like you guys are drug fiend things I did get the sense that they were drinking heavily I didn't get the sense that like drugs were involved. I think she alluded to the fact that she did do some drugs like after the first miscarriage especially she says I just would do anything to escape from the pain like I don't think that yeah. was just drinking because also yeah, but that but at this point we're talking about paparazzi gate when they're like calling her out on being a drug fiend she had two kids at home like was she I don't know I I didn't no I, I didn't get the sense that, that she was like a druggy mom. I guess I said she was a pretty good mom. Yeah, for sure. Definitely not a druggy mom. But I think also drugs were a lot more taboo back then. It was during the Reagan right. years and the war on drugs. And it was just kind of like, right. if you have cocaine attached to your name ever for even 10 seconds, it's following you for the rest right. of your life. Whereas today- right. Probably talking about like weed, weed and cocaine. Right, exactly. And like yeah. she probably did do that when she was like- like whirlwind wedding to a rock star. I fucking hope she did, you know, like that's what we're saying. And well, it's funny. It's funny too, because like how the culture has changed. It's like, yeah. And like now like eighth graders do that. (laughs) I don't think they do. I don't think the culture has changed in that way. I think it, I think that I think Coke and weed are so much more, are are so much less like considered like, I mean, they're obviously drugs, but like, I don't know. I just feel like the world is, it just gets, it gets more and more wild. People have been doing Coke since the 1920s. Everyone has this perception that the people younger than them are acting out, but it's like, no, we used to have teen brides, you know, like it, you, you right. It's like, actually, like, you're just like older now. Yeah. And they look young because they are younger than you. But actually when we yeah, all looked yeah, young, yeah. we were doing crazy shit too. And actually the kids today are having less sex and doing less drugs and drinking less than our generation because they're Do all lobotomized. Do you think that's a result of COVID? Do you think that's a COVID thing? No, it's phones. They're all just lobotomized by their oh. phones and completely socially awkward. They're too awkward to even hang out and make out. So the court case, we need a legal expert to explain to us why they were unable to win this court case. Because to me, it's yeah. op- it's open and shut to me that whoever was selling the tape didn't own the copyright. And, and that should be so easy to say, no, you can't sell this. So Apparently, like I I was doing some research on this, but all of the reporting on it is like second and third hand. Nothing is for, I couldn't find really any, I didn't have the time to find any of the primary sources, the reporting from those times. Um, But they settled with the distributor and signed over the rights. And I don't understand why they did that. They said, she said it was because she couldn't face going into court every day and having people ask her all these really invasive questions about her body and her sex life, which makes a lot of sense. But I just feel like they must've had the worst lawyers in the world. And I don't blame them for for signing over anything that they did because I think they were in an impossibly stressful situation, but I just don't understand how this, case was not a slam dunk that this thing should not have been out there it's it's 
uh, it's mind blowing to me. So we, we need a lawyer to explain it to us. First, it was like VHS that were being distributed. Then there was that scene where she's like, oh my God, it's on DVD. And then it's like, by the way, we just invented the internet. And it's like, right. oh my God. So I do know what happened with that. So you know how they said, she said, I just signed on the dotted line. I didn't even know what I was signing. That was when they signed the rights over to this one distributor because that distributor, I think, told guaranteed to them, look, we have a finite number of cassettes that we've sold and we're just going to be done after that. But I guess that wasn't really in the contract. And then when the internet was invented, that distributor sold the rights to IEG, this new, or no, he, I don't know. The the distributor sold the internet rights to someone else, because I guess when they signed that document, there was no such thing as digital rights. So the, the guy was able to just sell it, the digital rights with no breach of contract because he owned the tape from then on. So that was how it went viral. And then there was a court case in like 2002 or something when they actually, it was ruled that the company IEG had to pay Pam and Tommy $750,000 each in damages for the distribution of it on the internet or whatever. But the company had already gone bankrupt and disbanded. So they didn't get anything. Whoa, that's so fucked. I know it's terrible. It's a complete like travesty on the part of the legal system. Like everyone who is involved should be completely ashamed of themselves that this tape ever saw the light of day beyond whatever, like five or six ones that were already out there, you know, like it's terrible. And look, in the the UK, like, I know I complain about how Megan and Harry got got away with lying to the court, but like they got, they want a copyright case over a letter. You know, and these guys couldn't right. even get copyright over a freaking sex tape. Like, oh, sex, so mess- had their personal sex tapes that were stolen from their home. Yeah, it's terrible. So, but yeah, we need someone. We need someone to talk to us. Talk us through that. How that happened. So, if anyone's a lawyer out there and actually wants to really do the research on this and and share that intel, we would love to hear from you. Um, but yeah, so then after like the court case and everything, everything is Pam and Tommy are very high stress. They have their two sons now. And Tommy flips out one night because he feels that, oh my God, I wanted to punch my team. No, this is where, yeah, I was, I was so turned off. I was like, yeah, fuck you, dude. He feels that he's now third in line in the family behind his two sons. And it's like, yeah. Another problem with it being this fair versus fair. Right. It's like, yeah, you fucking, as you should be, because your wife is a good mother. She should put the two infants above this grown man who's rocking on the floor crying. Like, Go away. So she says something. Tommy, what did Tommy, what did you mean when you were agreeing that you wanted to start a family? Like what specifically, like what did you think that your role would be in the family? Right. Like, this doesn't start a family mean like we want to have kids and be parents. He was mad that he was a parent. Right. Which is understandable completely. And like even to say that in a weak moment. Uh, sure maybe we can talk about these feelings later when when i don't have a screaming baby in my arms but then right she says to him like i could use a little help right now and then he pushes her and kicks her in the back and she calls this was oh my god i was so like i was proud of her yes i cannot believe how amazingly she handled that because that is so hard when you're with someone who, and she spent the entire previous hour of this documentary, bigging him up and talking about how amazing he was and how amazing their relationship was. He did 
this one thing and she was like out that is amazing like that she was well, and she was really smart about it she didn't even say out she called 911 and just left the phone off the off the hook off the receiver so that they knew where she was they knew what the call was coming from they were hearing what's going on police just came right then and just walked him out yeah and she and they spent and they spent time in jail she just had him arrested yeah like that was oh my god and and i was shocked by that actually because she had made so many excuses for just him being this like lousy person before. Like I, you know, you do get the sense even by the end of the film. That's like still the punchline. Like no one will ever be Tommy, and no, nothing will ever be Pam and Tommy or whatever. But it's like the fact that she actually. I mean, she's a great mom. The fact that she yeah. was just like, no, we have kids now, and you just became violent, unacceptable. Get out of here, and then never really forgave him for it, even though she wanted to, is awesome. I- I do think they got back together once or twice. I read something that said that, but also nobody's perfect. And the thing is, it's so, so, so hard when you're in any sort of abusive situation. Like most women, statistically, I think it takes like three to five efforts to leave when you're even when you're like someone who's like beating you every day. It's hard and people don't and people be like, people who leave are strong. No, it's not about strong. It's about like you're being brainwashed by the person that you're closer to than anyone else in this world. So like, it's just so amazing that she was able to do that and really, really, really hard, you know, like so hard. Like, like no questions asked, no drama. There was no drama. It was like, I'm calling the cops. I'm not even going to say anything in front of you. They're going to show up and arrest you now. And they just did because, and And I also, I don't remember. I don't like, he was like a, 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 like, violent party bro in terms of his like lifestyle but had he been like violent with her before that not that we know of and not that she's told us but he punched his so it's fiance. pretty rad though it's rad that he, after one one thing he did she was like bye and it doesn't matter that yeah. i'm obsessed with you that i love you bye yeah he had a he had a history of punching other women and oh, shit. you know he threw that paparazzo in the bushes i mean you know, and like Pam's parents were, her dad was abusive to her mom. So that makes it even mm-hmm. harder to be able to cut the cord when that happens, you know? So right. like, you can't blame her for getting involved with someone who had a arrest record or like a track record of violence to begin with, because like, you know, she was raised with that and you can't blame anyone for that because it's not their fault. It's always the violent person's no. fault. And, sure. but it just makes like that history that she had in her childhood just makes it so much more like commendable and impressive that she just immediately was like, not, this is not happening. Um, but, and then, and then, oh my God, his interviews that he was giving, he said, I never hit Pamela, but grabbing and shaking a woman is not cool either. Like, it's like dude, fuck stop. you. Also like, even the fact that he was, I mean, I guess like on the one hand, I'm, I'm cool with a guy just like sharing the p- p- pitiful vulnerable truth which is like i was jealous of the of my sons like she was like she wasn't paying attention to me but it's also like i can't believe that that's like again like baby brains i feel like this would be a case where i would just want everyone to know like i was in a blackout (laughs) to to just to own that like he actually consciously was like pay more attention to me not our crying infants is like dude what yeah It's weird because he is very vulnerable in the, but he's also still got this passive voice. I miss my family and I'm sad this is happening to us. Right. Yeah. This is happening to us. I wrote you that down. Are I was like, no, 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 no. Them. Right. You, you are violent. Yeah. Um, and then, and then they also, they both are giving all these interviews. It's so crazy 
because I think they are a little, and I'm not saying this as a condemnation or like a bad thing or anything. It's just a, a pattern that I've observed that is observable. I think they become completely addicted to the limelight and the fame because even after this sex tape has leaked and they've been so completely violated, they're still both repeatedly giving interviews about their breakup and about like what's going on with them and their innermost feelings about each other. And it's just kind of like, I don't know. It's just interesting. Like I think they just both at that point were like, I'm sure she has a lot of good girlfriends, but there were none visible in this documentary that's also why I kind of want to read the book because I'd really be interested to know like who her support system was at this time besides him and it maybe it was just him I mean we've all been in that place where we're so far gone in a relationship where that's the only person but like I just I just wish she had like a good friend or something to be like Pam stop talking to the press just like lay low you gotta just you like you can't let this also play out in the limelight because it's just it does like it's of course obviously no one's fault ever when something gets stolen from them and publicized but the more you talk in public the more attention you're inviting onto yourself so it's like if you guys want the the press and the media and everything to be less invasive like you gotta pull back a little bit it was just wild to see them kind of playing it out in public with no questions asked I guess well I guess though that like when I think about what did Pam really want for her? I think, I don't think she was upset. I, I think she was more upset about continually being asked about her breast implants. I think she enjoyed, I think the love, I think Tommy is for better or worse in her mind, the love of her life. And mm-hmm. even if she was talking about their breakup, that I think the career she was nurturing is being part of this like incredible whirlwind love at first sight romance that's all she wanted she just wanted some epic love story and I think I don't think she had a problem talking about the breakup I think she loved it I think it meant they were still connected yes it is kind of her bread and butter is just like the turmoil of personal life and and Mm -hmm. I don't even think she consciously knows that I just think it feels natural to her because she's sort of like this cupid figure she's just this little goddess of love who's just bopping around and like you know like letting everybody watch her get married and divorced married and divorced it's really cute and I just think it is she really is like a little goddess on earth she's not like normal person at all she's not and she has no shame. Let's go through her list of other husbands. So uh, when she talks about Kid Rock, which we already touched on, the one uh, other thing I wanted to talk about is how she's talking about when she married him and she's like talking about why they got a divorce. And she's like, I didn't feel like it was love. And it's like, well, then why'd you marry? Her dating style is like, should we get married and then start dating and see if it works? That, like, yeah. Like Elizabeth Taylor. Like, Elizabeth Taylor famously yeah. said, I've never, I've never slept with a man I wasn't married to. That's so funny. And I do, I, I think that's, I think that is, exactly what Pam is doing here like I think she is like wow there's hot chemistry let's see if this is the marriage that will all she wants to be was a wife Let, let's see if this is the marriage that will last and then as she got to know her husband she was like oh no it's not it and it's like okay she didn't know Rick Solomon was smoking crack until she found a crack pipe in a Christmas oh tree do you know that Rick Solomon her like fourth or third or fifth husband um Paris Hilton's sex tape partner I know so I where, wanted to ask you about that where was that news cycle because that was in 2014 that they got married why did we not oh. all talk about that as a society Paris Hilton's sex tape guy is marrying Pam who notoriously was the first celebrity ever to have a leaked sex tape what is going on what year was the Paris sex tape 
I would want to say it was when we were when we were in high school. So it was early 2000s. Yeah, it's really weird. It's also really weird that this dude is even a part of all of these like hot women conversations because what an absolute scumbag. 2004. Like, how is he even Okay, so so okay, so it was 10 years after he literally did what has been done to her to a younger girl. Like yeah. it's all just like what like so and then she's like i just i decided to marry my friend rick it's like your friend rick who exploited teenager paris hilton in the same way that you were like it's almost like um is it stockholm syndrome or like when you're trying to like 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 well no like maybe it wasn't that and it's like wait okay hold on i oh my god his wikipedia i have so much to reveal he's from neptune new jersey that's like 10 minutes away from where i grew up oh we do not claim him we do not claim him we don't claim him okay so did you know his first wife is E.G. Daly, the voice of Tommy Pickles? What? Wait, oh <laughs> my God. Is, I actually wait, already knew wait, that because it's my wait. favorite piece of, it's my favorite piece of Hollywood trivia. The guy that Paris Hilton did the sex tape with his first wife was E.G. Daly, Tommy. the voice of, yeah. And, and a baby's got to do what a baby's got to do. Oh and then, my god can you imagine like in bed that you know we know that he's like sort of a predator kingster can you imagine him, like do the baby voice yeah ew, ew, ew. you're so, so hot rick ew so okay then he's married to shannon doherty from 2002 to 2003 what? the sex what? tape is 2004 with paris sarah he married pamela twice he married pamela first in 2007 three years after the paris sex tape and then they annulled it in 2008. Then they got married. And that was the freaking crack pipe one. And then she oh, conveniently- right. she found a crack pipe in the Christmas tree. And they annul it. She conveniently doesn't mention in this documentary. See, this is why we need outside sources to do documentaries on people and books on people. Because she doesn't right. mention they got married again in 2014. And then they That's got so divorced. Bad. It's like, so why? weird. Is, and, is he the only one she married twice? No, I think she married. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. She might've married Kid Rock. Let's see, Pamela Anderson. <laughs> Let's see her marriage. Okay, now here's another really weird thing. Um, Paris Hilton's brother got arrested, I think, for stalking Rick Solomon and E.G. Daly's daughter. Yes, if you listen to the Patreon-only episode where Sandy Ritchie and I talk shit, she reveals that story. And pair, yeah, um, um, young Hilton, Connie, was arrested with no pants on, allegedly, um, in front of Rick's house trying to, like, um, the, you know, yeah, here, I'll 16 read it. candles. What's the, yeah, yeah. 
boombox yet. Uh, Conrad Hilton Parasol's little brother has been arrested for allegedly trying to break into the home of actress E.G. Daly and violating a restraining order E.G.'s daughter has against him. The troubled 23-year-old brother of Paris allegedly violated a restraining order by going near the house at 4 a.m. in the Hollywood Hills. He's currently in custody. From what we can gather, Conrad was trying to make contact with Hunter Daly Salomon. It's like Hunter Daly Salmon. It's one letter off from there. Really literally poor planning. Uh, Conrad and Hunter were once together, but broke up and she got a restraining order against somebody broke into her home a month later in June, 2015. According to cops, he tried again this morning. He has had a slew of problems with the law, including going nuts on a plane and assaulting a flight attendant DUI and probation violations. He was booked on grand theft auto charges like four hours later. And, um, he also, oh my God, he first went to the home of EG's ex-husband, Rick Solomon, the father of Hunter and stole his Bentley. Well, rich people really do have some gall. I know. I imagine saying money can't buy happiness when you're joyriding your ex-girlfriend's dad's Bentley, who, by the way, made a sex tape with your sister to her. Like, what are these people doing? It's wild. Um, I was curious. So I pulled up Rick Solomon's chart real quick. He literally is from neptune his moon is conjunct planet neptune what that's crazy i know i know love oh my god okay so the cosmos don't lie i'm gonna read her full marriage timeline tommy lee 1995 to 1998 so uh she was born in 67 so 95 minus 67 is 28 when they got married yeah kid rock 2006 to 2007 rick solomon married 2007 right off the back of kid rock annulled 2008 married again 2014 divorced 2015 that was a long stretch of singleness for her 2008 to 2014 then john peters that was the billionaire she married that was marriage and annulment in 2020 and i was wondering when she was going to bring that up and she never brought it up and then dan hayhurst the repairman married 2020 divorced 2022 (laughs) so one two three four five six she's been married six times to five men that's exactly like elizabeth taylor john peters listen to this he was partners with barbara streisand from 1973 to 1982 what how can we even function I, with this kind of information? I can't. Okay, so John Peters, ex of Babs, marries Pamela in 2022. Do we know why it was annulled? Yeah, let me see. Well, I remember when it happened and everyone was like, because I was like, finally, she's with a fucking billionaire. Finally, this girl gets what she deserves, you know? Right. But then when it was annulled, I think she gave some really opaque statement where she was like, I don't know. He, he's not who I thought he was or something. <gasps> yeah. I wonder what that means. Another crack pipe in the tree, perhaps. Probably oh, he's not, left. But... Pam Anderson's marriage to John Peters may have been very short, but he's left her a massive chunk of money in his will. Get it, Pammy. That was probably her point. Like if she's like, I'm going to get married and divorced anyway. I need to like sure up some money. I, my career isn't actually going anywhere. Maybe, but I think she doesn't care about money. I mean, I really admire about that about her. She doesn't have any designer stuff. She's just doesn't care about money at all, but she does care about taking care of people. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Okay. I've been moved to the, by the warm reception, uh, to John and my union, John's and my John on its own is not possessive. We would be very grateful for your support as we take some time apart to reevaluate what we want from life and from one another. Life is a journey and love is a process. Okay. Oh shit. <laughs> with that oh, universal shit. with that universal truth in mind, we have mutually decided to put off the formalization of our marriage certificate and put our faith in the process. Thank you what for happened? respecting our privacy. I don't know. We'll I mean, she's gotta just know. if if she doesn't put it in the book, I'll be pissed. 
Yeah, yeah, it's got to be in the book. But it's I like mean, she just she's literally just not dating anybody. She left she out. Them. She left out like three marriages from this documentary. Oh my god, that's so wild. He's leaving yeah, her I ten. Mean, sorry, he's leaving her ten million in his will. Wow, worth it. And he's seventy-seven, so clock's a ticking. Excellent news for her and the kids. Yeah. Okay. We got to stop this. We have to get back on track. Um, I did really like when speaking of her not being that into, and we will investigate, by the way, we're going to read this book and we're going to try to figure it out. Yeah. Have to. Yeah. Maybe just for the Patreon, we'll do a book club or something. I don't know. But, um, I really liked how, when she goes to the South of, remember her South of France era, when she was living in the South of France and only posting black and white photos on her Instagram account. It was amazing. She was wearing, I do not remember, but it sounds lovely. Yeah, she was wearing these white Crocs. <laughs> she and in the one shot they showed of her in the south of France, she had white like Crocs on. That's so funny. Yeah, I mean she she's down to earth actually. Yeah, and it made me feel better about my Fit Flops, which arrived today. <laughs> How do they gonna, look? How do they feel? They actually look totally normal, and they're not actually awesome. as wide as I thought they would be. But I think they're really going to be good. I think they're going to be good. And I can't wait to see how cool they look on Instagram. Yeah. If anyone's tried the fit flop brand family, please hit me up and let me know how you liked it. But, um, okay. So that, that was one thing I had to mention was the Crocs. And then the final thing, oh, in act three, when she's on in Chicago, she finally gets a good gay. Finally, a gay man is there to stick up for her. I was like, this has been, and then I was thinking, how come she's not really a gay icon? I guess it's because so much of her life has revolved really around, like just marriage to men and and like yeah. being extremely straight and like kind of very much a male gay like a male gaze g-a-z-e not g-a-y-s fantasy mm-hmm. i don't mm-hmm. know it's weird because i was like how come like on rupaul's drag race they're not doing pam in um in like when they do what is it called when they do the match game is that what they call it on there they call it i've never watched i'm, I'm not match a game. Watcher. oh it's really good snatch game they never no one ever does pam so i'm like why is she not a gay icon you would think she would be but yeah she finally is weird also because at the beginning of the movie they sort of set it up where in the movie the doc where like she arrives she finally arrives in la and it happens to be on gay pride day and she's like mama every the gay men are handcuffed to each other and they're wearing booty shorts and mother's her mother's like you've arrived pam i know i love people are real she's like you've arrived (laughs) yeah that was great i would so if we have any gay guy listeners which i'm sure we do let us know why is pam not a gay icon i feel like it's like like gay guys most gay icons have like a formidable body of work you know, like the work is a huge part of it. Like Elizabeth Taylor yeah. is a gay icon. I, th- I would say, right. Because she was making those movies till she died, you know, well, not till she right. died, but for a very long time. So like, I think maybe it's because Pam is just sort of a personality. She just wasn't doing anything other than getting married and being hot. Right. It's kind of like Kim Kardashian's not really a gay icon, even though she she's not would, at all. Neither she's is Paris Hilton because. Wow. I think, that's like, so interesting. You're right. Yeah. These women who are just personalities who don't have the movies and the music behind them. I guess it just doesn't work. It doesn't translate for some reason, because I think they are like straight girl icons because you're watching them move through the world and you're like relating to them. Right. They're like girl boss icons. I mean, I think the other thing too, is that like, who do the gays love? Like, 
Beyonce, Britney Spears, Gaga, Madonna, Britney Gaga, Spears, Barbara Streisand. Like when you're talking about like a body of work, I think it's also like these are all in order to be like a, a, a pop star or like a top recording artist. Part of your work is like rallying the people. Like I think the gays want somewhere to go and something to do. It's like there's no concert. There's no Pamela concert to go to. There's no it doesn't she doesn't become like a meeting place and an expression place for anybody. She just is someone sort of to look at. That's very true. It's, too. Like, it's like her her persona is not like like all the musical artists like they 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 breed a, a social culture they have names they're the beehive they're the the little monsters whatever whereas like pamela is, is sort of i mean she is sort of a homebody in the end she's sort of removed from other people and she's always been adjacent to guys who you could not to stereotype but kind of imagine would be the gay bashing type you know like right right. so that could be part of it too where they're just kind of like this doesn't seem like uh uh, an arena where i'm going to be accepted you know right why would anybody want to stand tommy no but no gay people are like we stand tommy lee right like it's not that fun of a it's not that fun of a relationship to stand um but yeah Mm -hmm. so i don't know i just found that interesting uh, yeah, and then we end with her in the bathtub reminiscing about Tommy Lee still. I just don't think anyone will ever replace Tommy in my heart. I'm upset that I never was able to make it work with. I th- it's like, I want to say, Pam, for the record, I actually think you are 100% making it work. Best case scenario. Like you have, you guys have a good relationship. You have co-parented your kids. They, they, both of the kids seem to not hate either of you. In fact, liking, they like both of you. You look back on all of those tapes with fond memories. You had a, a, you had the love affair of your dreams. And now you're co-parenting with someone that despite all odds, you still get along with i don't know it's like it it does work it it wasn't gonna work any other way than this yeah and also he is married now and it does sort of get into the territory of inappropriate when you're you're bookending your life story documentary with pining over what you guys had what's going on what's going on what's going on yeah do you think that she was like low-key flexing like do you think that that was i guess it's obviously intentional, but like, do you think she was like Brittany for the record? Like you'll never be Pam. Oh, and Tommy 100%. feels the same way. Like whether Tommy's remarried or not, I think he does. I like to think that he has the same sort of affinity for her. Reverence for their relationship. Yeah. Yeah. Well, okay. So I don't know if you knew this or not. His son actually, they had a brawl a couple of years ago because Pam went on Piers Morgan and she was talking about how Tommy abused her and Tommy tweeted like, oh, if she thinks I'm such an abusive piece of shit, then maybe she should stop texting me every day saying how she wants me back. I'm married now, blah, blah, blah. So apparently one of the sons, I'm pretty sure it was Brandon, went over to his house. and like, Standing. Yeah. Brandon Brandon is standing. He stands his mom. He went over to Tommy Lee and Brittany Furland's house and knocked Tommy Lee out. And Brittany Furland called. Oh, shit. Yeah, had to like call nine one one and like and all this shit. So I don't. They don't get along as well as she. I, I don't know if they get along as well as she kind of was putting across. And I do think that it is a flex of like Brittany. You're never gonna have like not only the relationship we had, but the trauma bond that we will have for the and, rest of our lives. And we will never watch a Brittany Furlan life story documentary. I know, I know. But she did post. I mean, I feel for her because it's got to be already impossible to know that your husband he married heather locklear and pam anderson before you right unbelievable roster i would i would not be able to stand in those shoes myself i would shrivel away and cry i just couldn't do it and like then to also have one of them i mean he shares kids with pam which is like also a thing that you just will never be able to break that bond 
And then right. to have her be actively talking about how theirs was the greatest love of all time and none of her other five husbands will ever compare. I mean, you've got to be getting a little frustrated. You know what I mean? It's like, I would understand Tommy getting a little frustrated at the onset kiss, obviously not enough to trash her hotel room and affect her career. Like he not not took a hotel room, it, her personal trailer. Yeah, her trailer. He, he, he went into her office. Yeah, he took it way overboard. But like, I do, I do understand being like, what? Why didn't you tell me about that? Like, and like, I understand Brittany Furlan being like, what the fuck is going on because she made this tiktok where she she says like the caption is like pam if i died and then the sound is like i don't care (laughs) (laughs) and then she deleted it that's so funny that's so funny it is funny and like you have she's right yeah and you have to give her credit for joking around about it because what else are you gonna it's humiliating to have your your husband's world famous sex bomb icon ex-wife making a documentary about how no one else will ever be like you know i i think that was funny of her that made me actually what a flex though both of them i mean i mean i guess like you had to say like britney sort of knew what she was getting into but also like yeah pam just like cool your jets a little like you are you have his children like like that, that's holding in the bathtub at the end when she's like I was just sad that I could never make it work with, with their father it's almost like she's like Tommy I know you're gonna watch this and like I'm still down and, and I'm naked I mean? in like, the and I'm naked in the tub right, while I'm saying it. right like it was pretty suggestive like like this is what I'm masturbating to <laughs> like it's like <laughs> yeah and I mean I just want to I just want to be like Pam like try a nice guy try a nice guy no one well, with that's what she was tape. like saying at the beginning she was trying she was like i married the handyman like like i guess like a nice normal canadian guy is where i need to what i need to try to do and like he came over to fix something and i was like he's cute and so she married him and it's like well no not like anybody not like anybody anybody yeah <laughs> like and then the next sentence out of her mouth is i don't know if i'm alive or dead right now <laughs> it's like i don't think it's gonna work out yeah <laughs> I mean, she can find like you can find you can find a nice guy who's not like you don't have to randomly pluck him from a construction site. You know what I mean? Like you, <laughs> you can right. find a nice guy who also is kind of like high achieving and on your not that you can't be high achieving as a Christian construction work worker but like we're talking about pamela anderson like find a nice get her on raya get her on on, yeah like find a nice guy who's on your level who understands what it's like to be you and understands what it's like to be world famous like you can't you're i guess maybe you could relate to someone who is so completely far removed from that situation but i think you at least need like a ceo of a fortune 500 company to really actually get the stakes here do you know what i mean if you could set Pam up with anybody, who would it be? Prince Charles. <laughs> oh, yeah. Finally, someone with long, gorgeous hair. I don't know. I don't know why I thought of that, but well, I just think. Because well, he loves no. long hair. I know. Okay, let's see. Um, Famous men over 60. Let's give her over 60. I mean, she could go with older men. Let's go over 50. Um, or younger. Yeah. Who would you go for? Anyone off the top of your head? I'm thinking about it. I'm thinking about it. I mean, I think she likes the performative aspect of a fellow famous person. I think that she definitely has to be someone famous. Yeah. 
Yeah. Or at least like, I mean, like, I want to say like Stevie Wonder. What? I guess he's blind, so that's like sort of diffuse the purpose. But like some I am thinking like a nice, like a more of a crooner. A crooner. I loved when she said that who was it at the at the Playboy Mansion? He was like a Motown singer. I don't remember exactly. Yeah, that, who that's it was. what I want. I want like a I want like a Smokey Robinson for her. John Mayer. How about John Mayer? Yeah, it was Smokey Robinson she was talking to at the mansion. Oh, and, yeah, I like And she said yeah, that she like was that for her. She was telling him about her most recent divorce and he was like, I just love how you oh, keep yeah, trying. Yeah. You're a true romantic. That was cute. I think John Mayer actually is perfect. Smokey about- Robinson or John Mayer. Yeah. What about Smokey? Let's see. Is he alive still? That's why I was I was hesitant. I yeah, know. he's still up. Okay. Smokey and Pam, I think, actually have a shot. He's married <gasps> to to Francis Gladney. Here's another thing I do have to say, sorry to be a buzzkill, but Pam has also spoken in support of Hugh Hefner over and over and over again about how amazing he is. And like, given mm. in, in the, in the tone of like people asking her, like, what do you think about, you know, Holly Madison's book and, and people saying that he was not such a nice guy. And she's like, it was always nice to me. And it's yeah. like, ah, come on. Well, that's also where it's like, well, maybe that's why we don't like hear so much about her female friends. Right. Exactly. It's like, come on, Pam. Be a girl, sort, girl. She is sort of like a male apologist. Yeah, she is. She really is. And like, I, I don't know. It's just, she, she has such intimate knowledge of what it's like to be exploited, but like she doesn't put two and two together that maybe these 19 year old girls that were living in the house and getting paid $3,000 a year to be this guy's girlfriend, maybe they were also being exploited a little bit. I don't know. Like, you know what? Again, though, it reminds me of the Harry conundrum where it's like he needs to blame the press on like his issues because that is what's holding up his psyche like I feel like him not Kim oh my god I feel like Pam has to not ever really go there like condemning abusive men because at the end of the day like her parents are still married and she cares a lot about them like I think she's making a lot of excuses for abusive men which ultimately does like isolate you from other women and you don't mean that in a way, obviously I like, we, we don't mean that in a way of like, she's consciously making excuses. It's like no, this no. framework is holding up her entire life. Yeah. It's like this very, it's how weird, she was raised. Yeah. Delicate relationship with the concept of like abuse and exploitation. So like, of course she's going to have some blind spots. Yeah, for sure. When they asked her to do playboy, she was excited. Cause she was like, you know what? Like, even though I don't feel pretty enough, lol, lol, Pam, lol. I know. Um, even though I don't feel pretty enough. This is my turn to take back my sexuality like so yeah she's she's walking this fine line between my choice and their choice or like passionate romance and violence like and I do think that she gets off on that I think that there's something about the like she's not looking for like a mature stable love she loves the the the, the ups and down the chaos of of romance or whatever epic love affair shit I want to say one more just interesting thing and then we'll get into the astrology so Ilana Kaplan friend of the pod she came on when this podcast was diva behavior to talk about pretty wild and alexis nyers so we love her she interviewed pam for bustle and pam said to her that she regrets some of her marriages can we assume that the ones that she left out of the documentary conveniently right Right. she's alana says you've been married quite a few times throughout your life are there any marriages you regret and she says most of them i've learned from everybody in my life and i've got to keep trying i got married quickly in some cases but i think with my heart not my head in the end life is just what happens it's already done so i can't really waste time regretting it just make better decisions in the future i think that is the most 
mature perspective. I cannot tell you how much I can't stand people who are like, I don't regret anything. It it gives, it's giving sociopath when people say that I'm like, really, you've never done anything wrong in your life that you regret. Really? Like that's a little bit fucking nuts. So then by <laughs> chance, after I read this part of the interview, when I was Googling something else, researching to talk about this, I found a quote from Tommy Lee where he's oh, selling man. his book, which is called Tommy Land, of course, most egotistical person alive. Tommy Land. And while he was on the press tour for Tommy Land, he's like, I don't have any regrets, man. And it's like, but we've seen your rap sheet. We know you've hit multiple women and you're like, definitely go down in history of saying, I regret hitting my wives. Like, even if you don't <laughs> just say it, just say right. it. So that's what I just feel like it's important for people to understand that like, it's okay to regret things. It's actually really adult and human to, to be able to admit that you fucked up. I, I, like, I think this idea of like regret, like no regrets. It's like, you can simultaneously be grateful for the, all of the experiences you had because they were the learning experiences that created the, the, the you that you are now. But I think in general, like, you don't have to, like, hang on to the regret and make it your whole personality, but you can look back and say, this was a mistake, or this wasn't worth it, or I wish my children didn't have to witness violence in the home. Like, I just feel like that's fair. And also, like, yeah. it's also respectful. It's respectful to look back and say sorry. Like, no regrets. It's like, no, I don't regret breaking Pamela's hand. Like, okay, well, like, then you suck. You don't have to dwell in your regrets and beat yourself right. up over it, but like it doesn't it's have to define you. Yeah, it's definitely good to take and take notes and iterate. That well, wasn't that's the best. What I was also wondering when it comes to like his relationship now, like with like, do you think that he's? I mean, maybe he's just too old to be violent. Like, I do think some of these like rock stars. Like, I just want to say, there's all these the, all the tabloids now are showing these pictures of Ozzy Osbourne like looking more frail than ever. I think he looks better than ever. He looks so like normal, nice old man. Like, and he's probably calm for the first time in his life and easy to be around. Like, I like do do rock stars age out of just being abusive dickheads, or like, like do you think his marriage with Britney is is far different than it was with Pamela, or like what 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 sense do you get? I can definitely imagine. I mean, he tweeted that Pam is like he tweeted abuse at he tweeted something shitty at her after she called him an abuser on television. So I don't think he's grown up. I do think like there are some guys who literally just as you get older and your body produces less testosterone, you kind of grow out of those behaviors. But then at the same time, like Elon Musk's dad just had a kid with his stepdaughter. So like, no, what? yeah, that's too much of a whole nother story, but yeah. Like Woody Allen style? Basically. Here. Okay. Now I have to explain it since I went there. I need to know a little bit. Yeah. I could see, I could see him having, I could see that Tommy Lee maybe has chilled out for sure. Yeah. Because he's not like a working, he's not like a working rock star anymore, right? Google auto search Elon Musk dad, Elon Musk dad, Emerald mind, Emerald mind, Elon Musk dad's stepdaughter. So it's, it's not. Oh my God. What an Uh, asshole. Yeah, it's been widely reported that Errol was married to Heidi for 18 years and he raised Jana as his own daughter. Errol and Heidi have two children together, Alexandra and Asha. And it's been reported that they were all raised together with Jana as one family. Um, he has admitted to having a second child with his 35-year-old stepdaughter, Jana Bezwidenhut. <gasps> In an interview oh with British Tabloid The Sun, Errol admitted that he had welcomed a daughter with his stepdaughter three years ago. He's 76. I'm shook. So this is, I mean, people don't, some people may, maybe will grow out of this guy. I mean, that's insane. 
<gasps> insane. That's so weird. And then like all I can think is like, like was he grooming her, or is ultimately everybody just trying to strap down some form of inheritance? Like, do you know what I mean? I guess he would have right. gotten it anyway as his daughter, but it's like maybe she was just trying to shore up some finances. You know, like, right? She's like, the stepdaughter. Why would anybody like? Like, I just, yeah, why would she do that? Why, how did that, like, yeah, he must have just been, like, grooming her. I don't know. Like, how how did that, how does that happen? How do you start fucking your dad? He's raised her since she was four years old after marrying her mother. That is fucked. Wait, listen to this. This is so weird. Errol claimed to the son that he believes Jana's second baby is his, explaining, I haven't checked her DNA, but she looks just like my other daughters. She looks like Rose and Tosca mixed up, and Rose and Tosca are, like, 40. Oh, you mean Jan, Jana's sisters? Yeah, exactly. Or, no, or, he, or he has other daughters. But either way, they're, they're sisters. He added that the baby wasn't planned, but he and Jana were living together for 18 months after Elliot was born. That's, I guess, the first daughter. He claims it's Jana's... It's also weird that it sounds like, side note, it also sounds like they weren't, like, exclusive. Like, how do you not know if the baby's yours? Yeah, the mom was already 20 years younger than him. <laughs> and then the stepdaughter was, like, another, I guess, like, she's 35. She's our age. Oh my God. He added that he and Jana, the mom are no longer living together, but have a lot of affection for another to one another. You mean his stepdaughter, his stepdaughter and baby's mama, his, no, his wife, his ex wife, or no, maybe they're still married. No, Jana's no, Jana's his daughter. daughter. Yeah. Sorry. 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 Yeah. They're no longer living together, but have a lot of, a lot of affection for another, almost like a father and a daughter. Wait, listen to this. The thing is, it's not practical. She's 35 next birthday. So she's getting on as in like, she's getting old. Eventually if, if I'm still around, she might wind up back with me. It's difficult. So he's like, she might never find a husband and then she'll come back to me. I, I, earth is hell rich people are hell it's once you get to a certain money threshold you can behave like complete white trash and get away with it right white trash is actually i mean i guess can we say that i don't know if we can say that i can say it i'm white trash okay okay so i can say the cabal molly can say white trash so it's like at the end of the day people are just people and the difference between like a crackhead and like a cocaine rock star is class well, Pamela's fourth and fifth husband, because it was the same guy, but is a crackhead. <laughs> He's a rich crackhead. He put a crack pipe in the tree. Okay, let's do the astrology. Before I share the screen with you, why don't you take a, a guess about what Pam's big three might be? Okay, I'm going to take a stab. I actually know she's a cancer because I saw a tweet about it earlier. Okay, yes. Um, and it obviously makes so much sense. She's fiercely protective of her chil- her children and her home. She's incredibly watery. She goes with the flow like no one I've ever seen before. No one has ever gone with the flow to a more successful extent than she has also. Right. Her whole life is sort of like a meditation of just like, whatever. (laughs) The universe (laughs) is guiding me. It's like, okay. Provided you are stunningly gorgeous with the best body that God ever gave a human you might end up in some pretty interesting places if you go with the flow, you know? Yeah, way to go. Just surrender. Yeah. And then sister of the pod, Casey Bunker, let me read what she said. She said, Pamela has the best attitude down for anything. No hesitation. Gotta have Aries in there. So I feel like that makes a lot of sense too. I could totally see her being an Aries because she doesn't flip-flop. She's not mealy-mouthed. I mean, I think only an Aries would have the balls to give it right back to those male late night hosts and interviewers who would ask her about her boobs and stuff. No hesitation, just right back at them, called them out, told them they were being pervs. I don't know what other sign 
would be that good at that. Maybe, maybe a Gemini would be good at that because a Gemini, I think would be sitting there saying like, I'm mirroring you and I'm telling you that you're a perv, you know, cause Gemini's are, because it's a twin, they love to mirror. So I don't know. And then I think my last thing would be, she's got to have some Leo in there somewhere because I'm sorry. She's just the, the worship me energy is strong. And I don't mean that in a bad way. I never mean that in a bad way. She's got that Leo thing of just like, I'm here and I deserve everything, which I envy in Leo's. You didn't look this up first? No, I didn't. I saw the tweet about cancer and that was it. Molly, your astro deduction has gotten so good. I'm so proud. You are right on the money here. Pamela Anderson is a Gemini rising, Cancer sun, Aries moon, and in fact, that little Leo that you're picking up on, she has her Jupiter and her Venus in Leo. You nailed it. Wow. Oh so, my God. I, I, yeah, I'm blown away. I'm just blown away. Wonderful work, Mal. And I think you described uh, many of the things that we see in Pamela quite perfectly. So yeah, okay. So her son in Cancer is in her first house, meaning that her life really is all about developing, exposing, leading with herself, leading with her um, her presence. Also, I think it's kind of interesting that the breasts are ruled by cancer. So she's Nuh-uh, known for her stop. breasts. Yeah, the mother, the mother. So her breasts being what she's leading with in the first house, kind of perfect. As a Gemini rising, I totally think you nailed it. That's why she has that attitude of like, whatever. Yeah, I can go to these interviews and be funny right back to you. It's why she sort of has that wild side. I don't mean to brag as a Gemini rising myself, but we are known to be the best in bed Um, because Gemini risings are just kind of down to find out. They're curious. Also, when you're in the documentary, she mentioned a few times that like her philosophy on life, which is very uncancer like, but again, you're so much more than just your sun sign. But her philosophy is very much like, I just want to go have these experiences and then I move on. That is the Je- the combination of a Gemini rising and then that moon in Aries, Casey, you nailed it. Moon in Aries in the 11th house herself is here to be inserted and she's most comfortable in the world being inserted into 11th house, the public sphere broadcast her presence, her her energy of showing up and just like being nude in the world, why wasn't why wasn't that more scandalous for her? Well, let's just see. Her Lilith is exactly conjunct, or not exactly, but it's closely conjunct, her moon in Aries in the 11th house. So not only did she have a sex tape scandal where she was, you know, publicly exposed without her consent, but she also has made a living on doing the things that, I don't want to say most women, but many people would say, whoa, you're exploiting yourself. What are you doing? And she's like, no, I'm actually owning my sexuality and I'm actually doing exactly what I want to do. And I don't give a darn, I don't give a darn if you guys are judging me or think this is exploitative in any way. Like I'm here to do me. I'm here to follow my my sexual impulses. I'm here to get mine. And I think, you know, in her early life, you know, she says that she was raped at 12. We have our Saturn in the 11th house in Aries. So, uh, you know, the numbers just, they don't lie. So, okay, 1159, we round that up to 12. So 12 years old, there was something that actually came in and created a a barrier or a, a problem with her relationship to herself and also trusting 11th house, like the babysitter, like people that are coming into the world that are supposed to be like sort of parental figures are supposed to be there for you that are actually challenging your sense of safety. So that was like what she had to deal with. 
Wow. Is the Gemini rising part of why she sort of was mirroring Tommy? Like he, her persona, her public persona completely changed when she started dating Tommy Lee. And like it has gone through so many different evolutions since then. And it just seems like a lot of the time it has a lot to do with who her partner is. She's it's sort of like this Kourtney Kardashian-esque uh, Brad Pitt type sort of just mirroring of the partners, you know? Yeah, I do think that. I think that like you know, your rising sign represents a, a number of things, but it's sort of like the costume you wear in the world. It's how you show up in the world. It's how you see people. It's how people see you. It also is sort of like the school you're in. So it's not actually like necessarily a bad thing that she uses mirroring as a tool in order to connect and and stand up for herself and sort of make a name yeah, for herself. I don't think she's making, I don't think she's changing who she is on the inside when she does right. this. I think she is literally just fun with fashion. Yep. <laughs> like it's well, just, well, well. I'm going to dress this. Yeah. I'm going to dress like this person when I'm with this person. And then I'm going to become a little more ladylike later on when I marry the billionaire. You know, I just think it's, it's just a fun game for her in a way. Absolutely. And I also think, you know, it's worth noting if you're into degree theory at all, the 22nd degree is is it's it's known as the killer be killed degree. Harry, if you remember, also has a 22 degree son. So what ends up happening with people that have prominent it's it's 18 degrees and 22 degrees are the two that you really want to look out for. And it's not necessarily a bad thing. It actually can lead to really positive manifestations, but it's a really powerful sort of make or break degree where if it doesn't take you down, you become someone who can actually change the world with your ability to overcome. And so I think that's the other thing, like 22 degree Gemini rising with 22, it's also a number of, of you know, duality and partnership. And so I, I think that she really is here to mirror the world and I think embody this softer side of whatever it is that she's like. So yeah, she did become a, a de facto Tommy, but actually she didn't. She she looked like him and, and she kind of got into his world and she was down to go with the flow when it came to like, what do you want to do? Okay, let's get married. But I think ultimately her ability to take things lightly, not make anything that sacred or serious or heavy allows her to actually overcome what other people might see as like life ending tragedies. Yeah, for sure. Do you know what I can't stop looking at on this page because I'm not an astrologer, I'm a writer, is Lady Smith, British Columbia. And I was in her birthplace up in the top left. And I couldn't stop thinking about this when I was watching the documentary either. What a perfect name for her hometown, Lady Smith, someone who constructs a woman. She yeah. like constructed this persona for herself out of thin air, out of like the raw materials that she was born with. She is a true lady smith. She's literally and a what lady in her, smith. Sorry. What in her chart would relate to that? Anything? Well, what I think is interesting is, okay, so the Leo that you were picking up on, she has her Jupiter and her Venus in Leo. Her Jupiter is in the third house. This is the Gemini house. What is Gemini rule other than like mirroring communication, you know, siblings, um, our, our local community? It also is like the media and it is the stories we tell and it is, you know, um, writing and the written word and, and, you know, it's the story. So it's interesting because her Jupiter in Leo with her Venus in Leo, both are 
it's like it's not a coincidence like we know about the leos it's not a coincidence that like her life changed when she changed her hair like all of a sudden she became a blonde blonde and like everything mm. was different and because she has that jupiter and that venus in leo not only does she attract abundance and attract attention and attract um money when she sort of shares that like when she when she's leading with that performative side of her nature like everything leo that she does blows up makes her more attractive get, gets her attention and money etc and it's all trine her saturn and her moon and her lilith in the 11th house in aries so there's like a really harmonious relationship between her ability to you know sort of and i don't want to say like costume as a woman she is a woman but like just sort of um when she, she enjoys performing up, performing right. her gender for sure like well, that's even what is, she was saying about that that that's what she was trying to say about like it's not about me being pretty it's about like i'm good at this job like when she's like oh i'm gonna but put it's also on bit, my, i mean she is pretty but right but yeah. when she's like i'm gonna put on my i'm gonna put on my like in her mind when she's when she's doing those photo shoots especially for the first time she's like oh this isn't like pamela like this is like i'm acting as like a playboy model and then she like blows up her hair and blows up her tits and all of a sudden she's really getting moon in the 11th house with lilith she actually wants to be seen and celebrated as a sex symbol and as somebody who themselves like who they themselves is like the the thing like like her her career was very faded which we also see in the documentary it's like no i don't think she had any like major career aspirations as much as she just actually wanted ownership of herself and ownership of her body and the more that she leaned into jupiter and venus in leo like exploding or blowing up magnifying her lady features yeah the more harmony there was with her moon and the more comfortable she felt on earth she's basically in drag like the the cartoonishly thin drawn on eyebrows the big lips the the super blonde hair that's always like perfectly quaffed um and it's funny to see how she's and the boobs obviously and the outfits it's funny to see how she's kind of left that behind too because in the documentary obviously she has barely any makeup on and i was stunned by the box dye the boxes of blonde hair dye i was like pam you gotta what who dyes their hair blonde at home it's so risky and it just damages your hair so much i was like what like you have the most notorious famous iconic beautiful blonde hair in the world like why are you putting garnier <laughs> fructis on it because she really is actually a, 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 like a down-home girl like she when it comes down to it and it's so interesting too because it's like her whole journey in the documentary, it's like her whole journey led her back to her childhood home and the childhood tiny island in British Columbia that she grew up on. I think that she, I really don't think that she is pretentious at all. I think, you know, her Mercury is also in Cancer in the second house. I think she actually just values being able to go with the flow and being able to like find her worth in her femininity and find her worth in her ability to like just sort of do those domestic things. Like I think she likes doing her own hair, not because she's cheap or because she I don't think she's that concerned with like damaging her hair I think she likes to express herself by by like doing the feminine arts very cute what's her mm-hmm. uh Chiron what's her Chiron 29 degrees Pisces so her wound is like 11th house 29 degree Pisces it's like as a kid in her early life the community 
made her fear for her safety and her boundaries. And she was she was violated very young. But as a result, it turned her into actually a really trustworthy caretaker. Her strength as a healer comes with her being the mother and her her embodying this sense of, I mean, that's why she was so quick to be like, Tommy, you're out. Because as somebody whose boundaries were violated early on, she became the mother who actually would not allow her children's boundaries to be violated. And she became a, a really healing figure in the area of, you know, taking you know, talk about Chiron in, in the 11th house in Pisces. Yeah, she goes with the flow. And as a result, especially when she overcomes her own her own Saturn demons and takes back her sense of self, she becomes this sort of Lilith moon Aries archetype where she's like, literally, I don't care what anybody thinks of me. I'm just doing me. And I'm just going to follow my impulses and follow my instincts and make sure that I'm not only not sexually repressed or sexually stunted at all from what has happened to me, but I'm actually owning it. And I'm actually being being rewarded for my ability to, you know, sort of dabble in the in the taboo. Also kind of interesting. What how old was she when the sex tape came out? I think she was 28 or 29. Let me well, see. How interesting. Look, it. look, her Chiron here is at 29 Pisces. It's like the ultimate. Wow the ultimate like exploitation of um her and and a boundary crossing put all on the internet and it was exposing her and mass but i also think as a result she like nothing else was ever going to be that bad like it sort of i think gave her a sense of sweet surrender because she was like you know what like what could be worse than all of your private home videos stolen and it's like i think yeah. that that violation actually I think it did firm up her insistence on putting her children's safety first and just creating some boundaries around her own personal. Like, I I think it's probably also why she didn't care that much about continuing to, like, quote unquote, grow her career in any sort of methodical way. I think she was like, OK, well, I like being famous. I'm already famous. What she really wants to do is just be herself and, and be safe and be a, a safe parent. And I think when something Aside from all of the childhood stuff, when something, even as an adult, I mean, that's what she said in the documentary. She said that the tapes being distributed without her permission felt like rape, which I totally get. But once she sort of got through that or or moved on from it, thank God she has that Aries moon because she's like, whatever. It allowed her to go with the flow much more because she was like, like, what else could happen? Yeah. She was 28, by the way, when the year that the tape got stolen and came it's out. It's pretty wild that 29 is when like her wound wound was officially activated. Yeah, that's crazy. Do mm -hmm. you see in this chart, is she going to get married again? I think she could get married every day for the rest of her life. And it would make sense to me. I mean, her Mars is in the fifth house, romance, lovemaking, creativity in Libra. So like what motivates her? What drives her? What does she wake up in the morning for? Relationships. And I Cute. do think that okay. like, if anything, I do think that like getting married is her hobby. Yeah, for sure. That is <laughs> her passion is just like getting married and dating people. Um. Yeah. Okay. What about Tommy? Let's look at Tommy real quick. How interesting. So Tommy is a son Lilith conjunction with his Mercury in Libra. So that means that, he, that her son is square, his son, which denotes conflict. He's a Libro. We don't know what his rising is because we don't have a time of birth for him. His moon, if you if you place him at noon, just like the noon time of the day he was born as a zero degree Sagittarius. And I checked it. So basically, if he was born before 10 a.m., he's a late degree Scorpio moon. If he was born after 10 a.m., he's like a very early degree 
Sag Moon. I would guess Sag just because of what a wild guy he is. Like he's so wild. So um, I don't know. I think Rockstar is very he, Sag Moon. But I also think Scorpio, he does like, I mean, he well, his Venus is in Scorpio. His Venus is in Scorpio, though. So his the way that he, him okay he, his the way that he loves, the way that he makes love, the way that he gives love, the way that he attracts what he's attracted to is sort of that's why, of course, he was attracted to a Playboy model. He was like, oh yeah, like a little taboo, like something something that like should be kept behind closed doors, like hypothetically, like well, let's do it together behind closed doors and then expose it. Lol. And then once he gets someone, his Scorpio stinger comes out and he starts becoming abusive. Yes. Womp, 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 which obviously not all Scorpio, hashtag not all Scorpios, not even most Scorpios. It just seems that's probably how that's manifesting, right? Well, it's in in what, in him. What I I would say is most Scorpios go through a phase, at least, where when they feel abandoned or betrayed or hurt or like like i think looking at his chart regardless of where his moon is he was telling us the truth about why he flipped out when the babies were getting all of his attention because he was like wait a second Mm. like he felt like it was a betrayal and he felt like you know uh, like i need to do something to to keep you or to get your attention or to you know like i i totally get like the, the the underside of Scorpio is really acting out. There's a lot of sort of like boundary violation in both of these charts and in both of their psyches where I think even if it's not something that we would agree upon about what the boundary should or should not be, when he feels that a boundary is violated, yeah, his stinger comes out and he's like, how dare you? You're mine. And it's like, no, we're us. We had kids, man. <laughs> like, what the hell? Yeah. Um, what can you tell us about Libros, male Libra sons? Libros at best love beauty and women and and the Libros love aesthetics and and balance and justice. But again, why was he so upset when the babies actually took his attention? Because he's like the balance is off. Like they do. That's they exactly do exactly what the balance is supposed to be when there's a newborn, Tommy. That is well, what right, the balance is supposed to be. He's demented. I mean, he's you know he's an idiot rock star. So it's like I just think yeah. that he. I think that he. I think Libras can be very flippity floppity. I think they can be very, they can sort of change face really quickly um, depending on who they're with or who they're talking to or what's going on. And so that can be sort of jarring, but in general, Libras are more like, like I think at the beginning when they first started, when they first got together, why was this so appealing to both of them? Because he's like, Oh, I am so into the fact that you're kind of this salacious sex goddess like public sex goddess i'm a libro i'm here to serve you i appreciate your beauty i want to just wherever you want to eat is fine babe like we think of it as like oh she was just mirroring him but i actually think that he i think it was a a sort of toxic combination of them Mm -hmm. like 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 she's a cancer she's a cancer Aries so her moon is like I want to do this I want to do that I mean let's not forget that actually before they just met and randomly got married she ghosted him for like months like so I think he was kind of I think there was a build-up for him where he was like oh my god like why doesn't this girl like me and and him being so persistent like he is the type that like yeah he's like oh you're gonna be in Cabo and so will I and like just went there to be with her I think he's driven Lee bros are driven by beauty by relationship by you know, I'll have what she's having. And I think at the beginning, she was like, oh, my God, finally, someone who sees me 
and that wants to just like care for me and put me front and center. Libros want to put you front and center, but at the same time, they can be fairly changeable and Libras care about diplomacy until they don't. Right. Let's remember some of our most favorite, our most famous Libros or Libras that we've been talking about. Jen Shaw, um, Amber Heard, Libra Moon, like, uh, you know, all, that whole trifecta of Markle, Kim, Ivanka, they all have tons of Libras. So Libras really are into beauty and aesthetics and making things look pretty and nice and justice and balance and all of that. But at the end of the day, they also can sort of pull the rug as we see here when they're like well wait a second the balance is off in my mind so like now I don't feel that way anymore now I'm not gonna act that way anymore and so there can be sort of like a jarring like change up where you're like well wait a second I thought all you cared about was relationships and in their mind they do but they also care about making things right and so when their ego is wounded or when their ego is confronted I think sometimes we can be very surprised by what a Libra actually is thinking or what a Libra actually is um expressing because it's sort of like what like you sold me it's this like whole... below this the yeah. surface yeah yeah so he seems like a very slippery he's like i mean not that he's clamoring to date me uh, but i he's like my yeah. night this is my nightmare nightmare chart of a guy to yeah. date. like oh, i definitely. think this would be so high maintenance and just like difficult and like, like you would have to just be struggling to keep up with this person and i think it would drive me crazy i, I need someone who's a little bit more a little more chill. But well, then the again, other... I'm married to a double Scorpio. So what the hell, like, what could be less chill than that? Let's do the uh, the charts together, the sinistry. The sinistry of their relationship. Like I said, you know, their sons are square each other. So we have Pamela on the inside in blue. Pamela is a cancer son. Now, what's interesting, too, is his palace Athena, her palace Athena, too. But his palace Athena is directly to the degree on her son. So when they met, he was like, whoa, you're changing the game for me, girl. And Square, his son, there's sort of there's an ego. Like, I would say what I get out of this composite chart is like they're competitive with each other. Tommy has his Mars in cancer on her Mercury. Pam has her Mars in Libra. So they both have Mars in the same sign, square, the other one's Sun and Mercury. So either this can be hot sex, Mars, sex, like, oh my God. Like, and 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 square isn't always bad. Sometimes it's that tension, it's that creative tension, it's that sexual tension that makes things fun, you know? But it can go south really fast because all of a sudden, when things aren't so good, you have their war god basically directly like challenging and fighting with their ego and their voice so like these this is a couple that is sort of guaranteed to just spar whether it's i mean it's it's really interesting because the way that she describes her parents relationship is very much what we see in like she met him and why was she so comfortable immediately because she's like oh even if we fight it's going to be fighting that leads to makeup sex okay so it's interesting because that was not part of this their story as a couple in the documentary like at no point in the documentary is is she doing that stupid thing that i hate we love hard and we fight hard like she doesn't say that so it's i think it's like in, the only, i don't think they the fought, only time you hear the only time you hear about strife in their relationship is the last straw when she leaves you know which leads me to believe that there was a lot that this that this cancer sun cancer mercury was just like was going with the flow over because actually also at the end of the documentary, she does say, if I were to be real and go through the list of like all of the things that were really going on, 
it might not be so romantic in my head, but like, I'd rather not think of it that way. And this was the greatest romance of my life. Do you know what I mean? Like she does say like, you might say this was an abusive relationship for somebody's final straw and only thing we hear about to be having them arrested. There was stuff going on. Right, 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 right. But like, I think she was going with the flow, like him coming and trashing her trailer and freaking out. Like she doesn't give any inkling of having said anything to him. Like, you know, you can't do this. You're ruining my career like she just kind of is like oh, whatever and like that's not a knock against her it just seems to be the way she dealt with it it was just like okay he's acting like crazy we're super in love so I guess I'm just dealing with this and then the the final thing like he finally crossed the line and that right. was when she finally kind of like fought back you know right well but I, I, I also I also think that first of all him trashing her trailer was what daddy did so to her that was actually not abnormal like she saw her Mm -hmm. parents fighting like that all the time so she was like oh the men you know and i also think that because of that moon in aries there's a part of her that kind of loved and and son in the first house like she's like he's obsessed with me like i think there was a way right. for her and to like, justify like hey he's just going crazy because we are so crazy in love but that's also kind of why i think if i were gonna guess i would say moon we've and all been sag. there also oh totally but i also think moon and sag because it would make sense for their moons to be trine and harmonious just because of how fast they got they like once they worked together they were together like and this was arguably her most successful marriage and the one that she's still attached to so i do think on some soul Mm -hmm. level there is that fire between them like i see him having a fire moon because he is i mean he's passionate he's you know he flew there to go meet her like i don't know i i see him being a sag moon more than a scorpio moon because his comfort level isn't just like staying at home and like like i think if he was a a Scorpio moon, he might be just as abusive, but we wouldn't hear about it. That's why I told you on the White Lotus, I don't think that that, that Dom was a Scorpio because it's like he wouldn't get caught. Hmm. Okay. You know, but I do think that like there is very much in this synastry. I mean, his North Node is right on her Jupiter Ceres conjunction in the third house. So like his North Node really was to his his life's work really is to like expand her like like he was here to have her become a mother he has his saturn conjunct his south node in aquarius which i think indicates that from a past life perspective he's used to being like the daddy the boss and so i also think that that's where when you challenge his his uh authority or position he's like wait what you know but actually the point is north node in leo he's actually meant to learn to not only lighten up a little bit and become a little bit more heart-centered and personal but actually focus on the children yeah for sure and i'm sure he has maybe hopefully focused on them more in the composite chart regardless i checked it regardless of what his moon is in in the composite chart the relationship has them at a sun in leo exactly opposite moon in aquarius so for them to have a hot and heavy public romance and then have a relationship Mm -hmm. that actually not only had to break up but but also sort of like their their fondness is still present for each other but it's from far away makes total sense to me also this energy is a full moon energy relationship so it is it's like the best of times the worst of times and everything's exposed Uh, it sounds 100 percent accurate Mm mm-hmm Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, I, I don't think that they're highly compatible would be my read. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, but it was fun while it lasted. Absolutely. I guess that's the thing. Like it was fun while it lasted. So, and honestly, side note, real quick, his Venus is on her south node. So that is one indicator to me where I would think, okay, so when they met, she had a past life sort of recognition of him as a lover, which in Scorpio can sometimes be like a little bit abusive or a little bit sort of controlling. Her North Node in Taurus in the 12th house, she's really here to learn to surrender into safety. Yeah. Well, I hope she gets it. I really do hope that her next husband is husbands. A yeah, her next may your next husband be a masculine husband to quote the <laughs> Godfather in a little bit of a weird twist, but a nice one at the same time. Not a divine a masculine. Yeah, a divine masculine husband. That is what Pam needs because I think Pam is textbook divine feminine. Absolutely. But she does have enough fire. She has enough fire and air in her chart that she's not, no matter how much we try to roll over her and squash her femininity, you just can't. Oh, yeah. No, it's still there. And it will be there forever. She will be like a Marilyn Monroe figure forever. Like she's always going to be Diana, Marilyn. Like she's one of those iconic blondes, you know? Gays, get on board. You're missing a huge opportunity here. (laughs) No, she's fun. Hell, yeah. I'm sure there's, I'm sure there are Pamela gays. There are definitely Baywatch gays out there somewhere. So hit us up if you are. Shout out, join the Patreon, sound off in the comments. Are you a, are you a Baywatch Pamela gay? Yeah, uh, Baywatch.com, Patreon.com slash Space Trash Podcast. And also buy readings from Sarah on her Instagram because you too can learn whether you're compatible with your partner and you can still get married. It's just maybe not going to last. You might get married a few times. It might be fun. Yeah, you might as well figure out now so you can get ready. Get those prenups in order. Marriage for sport, baby. Do it like Pam. Yeah. So, okay, everyone, now that we're done with Spare and now that this is done, let us know. Join the Patreon and tell us what you want to hear next, what you want to hear next week. What kind of stuff is on your mind about pop culture? I mean, we'll probably do the Super Bowl on Monday, I would imagine. Sure, I'd be happy to do the Super Bowl on Monday. And I also, Greg, give me something to do on the Super Bowl. Lol, lol, lol. But I also want to know, is anybody else following this murder murder trial as I mean, I'm if I haven't gotten back to you, it's because every day I'm watching the live trial like it's Johnny and Amber all over again. I'm I just love this trial. So if you guys are interested, I will send Molly quick materials to catch her up on it. Otherwise, I will just watch my murder, my family murder trial in the peace of my own home. But if you guys are watching, just let me know because I have been there's no astrology about them available, but I did find their birthdays and I did pull up the chart. So let me know. I'm not. A, yeah, I'm not a murder person. I'm not a murder gal. I'm more into, like life. I'm a life person. <laughs> You're a Taurus moon, as life. you should be, as you should be. I'm trying yeah. not to get murdered. I'm not going to welcome it in by thinking about it all the time. You know, I love it. Yeah, it's sick. I'm going to welcome in being a real housewife by watching real housewives all the time. I actually think for me, it's not it's not about murder as much as I think low key. If I do ultimately have a big career change, I could be a detective. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, OK, that's this has been great. Everyone go birds. Um, this is, by the way, an Eagles podcast that is canon. And <laughs> like, if you're, I don't even know who the Eagles are playing on Sunday, but you might, I mean, this, this will be HQ for, for Monday episode is Super Bowl HQ for pop culture and commercials and stuff like that. So everybody get excited. Go birds. Fly okay, Eagles well, fly. That's what it is. It's fly Eagles fly. It's go birds. Go birds is the al- aloha of the Philly area. It's a <laughs> greeting. <laughs> It's a salutation. It's a thank you. Like it's even, I was walking around down the street from me in London um, with, with my Eagles hat on a couple weeks ago. And some guy stopped me and was like, are you from Philly? 
And I was like, yeah, I was born there. And he was like, oh, nice. Then I was just like, go birds. And he goes, go birds. And we just walked away from each other. It's Whoa, literally no. the aloha of the Philly area. It's just, <laughs> I love it's multifunctional. So get into it, everybody. And go birds. Go birds. Wait, how would you say it in Delco voice? Go birds. Go birds. Yeah, go birds. Exactly. Space trash. Trash in space. Space trash. Lifestyles, the rich and Uranus. Space trash. Celebrities, they're trash. But the astrology can help us understand. Transmission incoming. (laughs) Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.